Well, the FOMC has met, they've lifted rates, and there are suggestions of a pause, but just how solid are the FOMC committee on where to go next? I mean, they've certainly got mixed views about where the economy is heading. Uh, We'll look at what's happened in the last hour or so in Washington. Next, all eyes are on Frankfurt and what the ECB does. A 25 basis point hike is expected, but will they also start talking about a pause? And how much is credit tightening by banks to do with all of this? It's Wednesday, the 4th of May, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. So, quite a fall in the US dollar. It was already hitting down on the DXY index, but the Fed announcement saw it drop further, down about 0.8% on the day, but then bounced back again. So, it's about 0.6% down now. The gains have been with the Japanese yen, which is up around 1%. The pound up 0.7%. The euro is up half percent. The Aussie up just 0.1%, uh, hovering around 66.7 US cents. Bond yields down, not massive moves from the Fed. Uh, 10-year treasuries down six basis points. They were heading down before the Fed meeting. Yields down across Europe too, except in Britain, where 10-year yields are up three basis points. That's 27 basis points up in a month in the UK. Aussie 10-year yields were down to 3.4% yesterday. Uh, take a few basis points off that on futures overnight. And equities, well, they were pushing higher, but that's been knocked on the head. The Dow down 0.8%, the S&P down 0.7%, the Nasdaq down half percent. That was up over 0.7% before the Fed, so quite a sharp reaction towards the close in the US. Markets closed in Europe well before the Fed, of course, and they were up 0.4% higher for the Eurostox 50, 0.6% for the DAX, and oil still pushing lower. WTI down 4.9% today, Brent down 4.5%, below 72 a barrel now. Uh, WTI is close to 68. So how long before OPEC Plus feels the need to kick in again? But look, we're not going to talk about that. Uh, The uh, topic of the day is certainly the unanimous decision. 25 basis point rise by the Fed. Uh, No surprise. Let's talk about uh, what perhaps was the surprise with NAB's Gavin Trend in London. So um, it was a bit dovish, wasn't it? Well, maybe uh, it was seen as being dovish, perhaps a little less so at the end of the press conference. But I mean, a lot of talk about are they going to pause after this one? How, just how explicitly did they talk about that? Mm, yeah, he was keeping it under wraps, I think. Uh, morning, Phil. Good to be with you. Mm. So the 25 basis point hike, I think, as you say, is what uh, markets had broadly expected. I accept that there was a, major- a minority out there that was shifting progressively towards a pause perhaps today rather than the hike we got because of the banking system woes. But everybody was looking about, well, what's policy going to do from this point on? So the Fed funds target rate is now at five to five and a quarter. That's up 500 basis points over just over a year. A change in the statement that really removed the key sentence that signalled in the late March, the previous meeting, that the FOMC anticipated some additional tightening of policy may be appropriate. So, you know... So that's that's, gone. So that's what's got everyone assuming. Absolutely. That means no more rises but it doesn't on the face it. of it that mm. seemed to be a clear clears the deck for a, for a pause from this point on and it retains the language on it will take into account the cumulative tightening of policy the lags with which policy affects economic activity will be taken into account but then further down the still short statement the fed repeated a line from the previous uh, meeting that the committee would be prepared to adjust monetary policy if risks emerge that could impede the attainment of the fed's price stability goals right. so it's just not again i don't think anybody should be really 
um, surprised that they don't have the clarity. They're finding their way through this. They may need to tweak things again. They're just not sure. It was a very uncertain press conference, actually, wasn't it? I mean, there was a few times when he was having to look at his notes that clearly there is very varied views within that committee about where they're heading. Yes, and 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 and, and, and complicated by, you know, the 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 the, the headwinds or the you know the, the, the turbulence from the banks. Yeah. that's that's you know causing them um, some extra complications as they navigate through this i mean yeah and, said, and the question the question about how much that raising of credit standards i mean because he said himself you know that could be the equivalent in a previous meeting uh, the equivalent to one or two fed hikes uh this time he was asked a question about that he says well it's not quite that precise but certainly you know the principle is right isn't it that uh, it has the same effect you know if, if banks tighten their credit standards that's got the same impact as, as the fed lifting uh, of course and why would why would they mm. not which banks are not going to do that? The other, the other side of this argument, of course, is the deposit outflows. And every time the Fed raises rates and keeps policy tight, you know, there is, there is further temptation for investors in the US to take money out of those, uh, smaller banks and, uh, transfer to, you know, money market funds, high yielding money market funds. That process arguably won't stop until the Fed starts to go into reverse and people start to move back the other way. So, so from that point of view, they're, they're watching all these things and it's a moving target. Chair Powell was very clear that we're now going to, the Fed's, the Fed is now going to be data driven, meeting to meeting, and the assessment to which any additional firming, uh, policy firming may be appropriate will be ongoing. But what you data know, is the question, isn't it? Is it are they, do they mean inflation? Do they mean employment numbers? Or do they, do they mean, for example, the, uh, the SLU survey, you know, the Senior Loan Officer's Opinion Survey? And, and yes. What, the, what's it, happening with the banks? And that's kind of strange, really, because they had, a, you know, as we all knew, they, ha- they, were, they were given sight of this. And yet in their opening statement, they didn't make any sort of update on the idea that, um, you know, conditions you know, uh, would would be tightening. There was no fact that they are actually seeing that from that loan, uh, senior loan uh, officer survey. Maybe they just wanted to just not mm. preempt the release of that. You know, but, uh, that was it. Yeah. Wasn't helpful. I mean, he yeah. was asked in the press conference. Power was asked if the current five to five and a quarter target range is sufficiently restrictive, and he said that's also. Um, uh, ongoing, an ongoing assessment. It's possible. It, you know, remember, he, he, he asked the audience to think about, remember the last dots in February, in, sorry, in March. Um, that was where the median dots were. So on that basis, yes, it is sufficiently restrictive, but, you know, w- w- this is a moving target and we're going to get new dots in June. So there's a sort of a, a suggestion that it might not be, but then it might be <laughs> if the tightening of the conditions. Oh, know, there's so much of that. There's so much of that, though, isn't there? Uh, it's like, well, the, you know, we think this, someone else thinks that. I mean, so uh, on forecasts, for example, I mean, some people are saying a, a mild recession. I think that's the, the, the staff view within the Fed. Uh, but there's Jerome Powell saying he reckons the economy is going to grow at a modest rate this year. Uh, but yes. ma- makes a point. But that's my view. It's not yes. necessarily the view. The, the, no, indeed. And he, and he embraced the idea that there are all sorts of, of, of views from policymakers on the committee as well as the staff. And I don't think we should read anything into that. Of course, of course they are, you know, yeah. and policy is designed 
to uh, crimp down on activity, nobody would be surprised that the US goes into some sort of mild recession this year. And indeed, that's why markets are, are pricing the rate cuts they are. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think, you know, what, what one little teaser at the very end of, of, of the, the almost hour long press conference was he was asked if the bar to a further rate hike, they, they were trying ever so hard, the journalists, to try and you know, get him to say something a bit more revealing, asked if the bar to a further hike was now higher. He said, I mean, he, he could have said yes, but he didn't. He said, I, I can't really say we've moved a long way and we can afford uh, to take a look at the data. So th- that was a kind of a, oh, hang on a minute. You, you're saying you are pausing then unless something else, you know, um, f- forces you not to do. History tells us that once the Fed pauses, they don't then restart hiking again. That doesn't mean to say history will be repeated. Yeah. But it's, it's, and, and what's, what I, f- I bring that up because it piqued my interest and I immediately saw, um, yields start to come a little bit lower. So as we speak, um, you know, yields for the first time are starting to move down more progressively. Yeah. Uh, we've got a, we've got a, you know, um, almost a 10 basis point move in the two year yields, less than that in the 10 year. Um, uh, and the dollar is starting to ease over a little bit. So this right. is the kind of thing that the market can now play on as we go through the next few hours. And of course, coming down the road on the other side is the ECB yeah. and then the Bank of England next week. I know. So we've all got going, all that to come. Just on the yeah. just kind of counter to what you've been, just been saying, though, Bill Dudley on Bloomberg just now uh, said, you know, they well they didn't say that they're going to pause, uh, but you know the likelihood of a pause. Is just a bit more than it was. Nothing yes. more. Nothing more than that. Well, you know, a market that went into this pricing rate cuts uh, against the Fed that, that doesn't see rate cuts. Um, you know, it, you can argue it didn't need much to, you know, reason on the balance of risks. It's now more likely that they're paused, and that's what I think. It, that I haven't seen the Bill, the Bill right. Dudley comments, but that seems to be, uh, you know. Well, it's the market coming, market coming around to saying, well, look, we told you so. Uh, they're coming around to our way of thinking, maybe. But look, the, you know, the Fed sounding like this, despite the ADP employment numbers yesterday. So, I mean, if, let's look at the data very quickly, because they showed almost 300,000 extra people in jobs in April, which was very bad expectations. It was 142,000 last time. It was expected to be 148, so double the expectation. Uh, so, I mean, that, that was a, a bit of a surprise. But then, but then, but then we can counter that with a, a soft reading again on the services ISM. Uh, you know, 51 yeah. and change. You've got to look at that again. I'll come back to what's going on in the rest of the world. 51 and change for the service sector, which is the bulk of the vast bulk of the US economy. And, you know, it's it's against 56 and change in Europe, 50, actually almost 57, 56 and change in China, uh, 54 in the UK, uh, 52, 53 in Australia. So, you know, um, the Fed's at the bottom of the pile there. Um, and, uh, you know, markets, you know, can see that the other, other central banks that have been, you know, perhaps a little bit later in the tightening process, have still got work to do, and I think for, for foreign exchange markets, this is a this is a central view that's driving some of the dollar weakness and some of the gains that we're seeing in not all currencies. You know, clearly the Aussie and the the Kiwi have struggled in this kind of risk off environment. So, I mean, New Zealand obviously been pushing rates up and up and up. Employment numbers yesterday showed a 0.8 percent Q1 Q rise in Q1, which was again way more than expected. The unemployment rate sticking at 3.4 percent. So, probably yeah. another hike coming from the RBNZ later on. 
Well, I, you know, markets, uh, as, as listeners will know, um, have been pricing, attempting to price in uh, rate cuts now after that soft CPI print. And yet, mm. you know, our colleagues at BNZ would take these, this latest labor market run of uh, data to suggest um, certainly another 25 uh, looks to be there. I mean, very strong uh, employment growth filled by migrant labor, which just goes to underline the strength of, uh, of demand or excess demand that will probably need a bit more cooling, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, uh, th that, that pickup in employment was measurably above what the RBNZ had been looking at in their, in their own forecasts. Yeah, we'll look at the ECB in just a second. But while we're down in this part of the world, uh, retail sales for Australia yesterday, they looked stronger as well, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they did. Um, you know, on the headline, so up 0.4 on the month, that was kind of double uh, really what um, analysts were looking for at 0.2. And it marked the third straight monthly sales rise, but the details were not so strong. I mean, the gains were all in food and dining out, up 1% and 1.5% on the month, respectively, with every other category outside of those reporting a decline. So clothing and footwear, spending on household goods, department stores, but all down. Annually, retail sales are running at 5.4, which is the weakest since December 21. Uh, we know that population growth has picked up sharply, and so per capita spending is actually softer than the headlines imply, um, you know, up 0.5% over the last six months, while the population growth is up 1.5%. So there's some evidence that higher rates and higher inflation, the higher cost of living are eating into spending in areas, uh, but the 20% above pre-pandemic levels on spending on cafes and restaurants um, does remain that that's that shows that there's you know it, it backs up the labor market strength that people still feel that's what they want to spend their money on and they, and they feel sufficiently confident to do that uh, we'll have to see what the effects of the rba rehike uh, in this last week does to that confidence but um, it does play to the idea that um, further tightening um, you know, is 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 possible, and and it's something that lots of strategists, including ourselves, are now running the slide all over again, all over the world. It seems, doesn't it? So, uh, including the ECB tonight, Australia time, uh, we had a slight rebound in ECB inflation yesterday, twenty five basis points. Obviously, is the expectation, but you know, uh, will they follow the Fed as as well? I mean, could this be the one before another pause? Uh, because of course, you know that the part of the Fed was that uh, tightening in credit conditions. The ECB's bank lending survey yesterday showed that that tightening was happening in Europe as well. well so indeed. maybe it could influence the ECB. Yeah, I mean, the problem the ECB's got, to your point, is running behind. Yes, it can say that headline inflation, which peaked at above 10%, is now running at 7 It's kind of stabilised the last couple of months. It will come lower on base effects over the year. Lots of forecasts have it down at sort of 3 or 4% by the end of the year. But core inflation, you know, again, there's that word sticky. Um, it looks like it might have peaked in this last round. Time will tell. But the ECB is worried about wages. It's, a wo it's, worried, about, um, it's worried about profit margins. The economy is strong. Employment, as we saw today, continues to, unemployment, I should say, continues to decline. Um, and so because things like wage bargaining in Europe are so sort of structural, um, you could get a situation where they don't change very much. So, you know, all these wage rises are going through. What happens if we get to the end of the year, headline inflation is, you know, three, three to four percent, and yet wages are running at five Right. And, and they're stuck there for a bit. And it, it's the second round sort of scenario that the ECB wants to avoid. Mm. So um, they've got to they've got to keep going for the moment. But to your point, it was very interesting. I think they take a lot of interest in the um, uh, 
a lot of a lot of notice in the bank lending standards. They tightened a lot. Uh, the most in Q1 um, than they have done since um, the sovereign debt crisis in 2011. They're expected to continue tightening. We're also seeing signs of weaker credit demand. So these are the things that you've got to then look at down the road and say, well, okay, at what point does all this start to you know, run growth into the ground and the ECB can be a bit more relaxed? And I think we're looking forward to the June um, you know, ECB meeting when we get new staff forecasts and we'll see you know where we're going there it might mean september but at some point you know you're going to expect these things to slow things down whether that means an ecb you know deposit rate at three and a half or three and three quarters we'll see but for the moment you know from a foreign exchange point of view the the the, the, the crossover of where the fed is going and where the ecb is going is clear and that's you know being priced into euro dollar at one ten and a half and you know the likelihood is it'll probably carry on going um, above well, above 111 in, in fairly short order. Well, let's squeeze in another central bank tomorrow, Norges Bank. Do we care? Um, I mean, you know, the, 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 the Norges Bank has been, they were, they were an early mover, <clears throat> but they've gone at a much slower pace. Hence, rates there are only three and a quarter percent versus, you know, five, five and a quarter in the, in the US. And that slower pace, that's what they thought they needed. But it's pushed the Norwegian krona down against its peers, and that's added to the inflationary pressure. So they probably wouldn't need to carry on going if they'd gone a bit more aggressively. Um, and so that's why you've got you know analysts being unanimous that they're going to go another quarter. You couldn't rule out an, a 50, but it's unlikely at this at this stage in the cycle. Um, but they, they need to do something because because you know they've been they've been voicing concerns about the uh, the knocky for. I wonder how long we're now. going to be talking about this. Oh, they need to go further. We all need to do more. Are we are we are we going to be talking about this in a few months? Are we still going to be seeing greats going up? Uh, look, uh, Australia's balance of trade today, uh, export and import numbers for March. We get the same for Germany and the US as well. And we get the Keijing Manufacturing PMI for. China and the initial jobless claims for the United States as well, which are taking a while to move up. Quite a fall we saw less time. So let's see what that does today. But uh, we'll leave it there for now. Good to talk, Gavin. Thanks, Phil. Cheers. Good to have Gavin back. I think it's a couple of months since we last had him on the morning call. That's it for today. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again tomorrow morning. Thanks for listening.